Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross And we are live. So what's up, you guys? <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp here. That's the voice of Melissa you hear. By popular demand, she's back. Jimmy, what's the motivation here? What gives? Oh, she's trying to save her job. I'm kidding, Melissa. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, she's having issues. She's looking for Nigel. Uh-oh, what's she's wrong? She's looking for Nigel. We might not even be live, so that's fine. Um, I got the they can't hear me. Then Melissa, come on. We can't keep doing this. Also, yep. Nigel, take the chair. Not actually take the chair. Yeah, they, they can actually hear me. We're live, but blurry. <laughs> this happens sometimes when you stream on Wirecast. Oh, Hot really? dog, you guys. Let's just talk, Jimmy. Let's just talk. <laughs> Well, we're good. It's Nothing Independence Day. Okay, Melissa! You sure? Yeah, your, your level's too high. Cool. So we're good? Canada Day, just a few days ago, I'm decked out. Why aren't you decked out? Why aren't really? you patriotic? Well, you saw the graphic that Lindsay sent you. I did. That explains why I'm not decked out. Well, let me tell you something. I am a proud American, and you know I'm loyal, Jimmy. But I am loyal to the dollar! The Canadians pay me! I and sure that's hope. What it comes down to. I hope people yeah, well, are able to like, see this live. United States dollar. I want to make that very clear. Are people able but, to see this live right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Lindsay says yes. Yeah. So, 
So first and foremost, Sean, I got some surprises Even for this, you. I'm coming back to Canada next month. You are. You are. You are. You excited? You couldn't tell. Yeah, somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> I have some surprises for you today. Uh, okay. Now the first thing I want to do is I want to say Happy Canada Day to my fellow Canadian compatriots. Belated Happy Canada Day because it was on the weekend. I also want to say Happy Independence Day to my American listeners, our American listeners, and Happy Independence Day to you, Sean. And in honor of the U.S. Independence Day, Sean, I think of no other way to celebrate the U.S. Independence Day than a special rendition of God Bless America by Nikolai Volkov. Hit it, Melissa. back huh jimmy do me a favor just just to see if we can pile on some more reach up tap your little microphone a couple times you can't hear me i hear it it's just a little further away from you oh is it more, more further away than normal aaron hyden says was that the end of the clip then the beginning of the clip yeah that's what yeah. we call a loop in yeah. the biz it was looped. in the biz yeah it was loop. make sure that doesn't happen again so oh not, boy nigel check every clip i don't want that to happen again you guys had time to prepare this so not again Damn. So that was uh, that was Nikolai Volkov, and it was done at a minor league ball game for the Lakewood Blue Claws. And I thought it was an appropriate thing, man, to put on the show. What better well, thing yeah. than to have the Ukrainian guy playing a Russian guy living in the U.S. doing God Bless America? I mean, that, that's how I do it. Uh, Aaron Hyden says, uh-oh, Jimmy Van's tur- turning back into James Vanderlinden. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> I just don't want another hour and a half of what we had before. Yes, yes, that's all. Don't want another hour and a half of that because I got better stuff I to do. Agree. If that's what happens. Well, if, if you want not an hour and a half of that, you should lower your mic a little bit. That way, people can actually hear you. You guys can't hear me. Now we can. No, normally I have it. Okay, it does it sound like I'm in a box again? Like it did? It did. Now it doesn't. It's better now. Is it just yeah. the distance? Okay. When normally, the microphone. Is in front of your face instead of like a shower head. No, normally, then... normally I have it around the same spot. I don't normally. I told you this before. I don't like to do the Jeff Hawkins like this. Well, and, and normally I don't R- have to. R.I.P. in peace, Jeff Hawkins. We we did his eulogy last night. If you all missed it, did you? I catch saw that? that. I saw it, and uh, he got emotional. He did. I saw, and you did too. Of course, I love Jeff. He was wow. one of the two people. Wow. I mean. When I started Fightful.com with you, we like we were I, I had to have guys who knew what they were talking about that added something else. Uh-huh. And I brought in Alex, Jeff, initially Rob as well, and Anna. I wanted them to 
give me an aspect that I couldn't really attack the way that they could because they've all had experience as actors. Right. I've had some experience in the ring and stuff, and you know I talk to a lot of people, but they can attack reviews with from an actor's perspective, from a performance perspective that I don't really have a lot of experience in. Right. And Jeff has been awesome for the last two years, so we were able to have <laughs> Alex run in in character, Rob McCarran run in. Uh, he's always in character. Mm-hmm. And his character is Barry everything that he sees. I see that. And then Anna Bauer showed up as well. That was a good time last night. It was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, I wasn't expecting the uh, I wasn't expecting the emotion. So it was interesting. I was. You were. Yeah, really? cool. That's interesting. I don't I don't get to see most of the shows live. I was able to tune in last night. Luckily it went longer than thirty three seconds this time, so that was a, pl- a positive. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it turned it it looked like it was pretty good. So I wanna ask you, how was your vacation, Sean? It was good. What'd you do? I, I came back more tired than I than I went there. I <laughs> so I told you we went with a couple of our best friends yeah. who own a CrossFit gym. They're used to getting up at like five in the morning. Uh-huh. So I was up super early every day of vacation, and now uh, we stayed about an hour out of Myrtle Beach, and there wasn't a whole lot to do there. There's some really really good food there, but. Enjoyed the beach. It but was no the first lobster. Time. No lobster, right? No lobster. No lobster. First time I've been in the ocean since I had a car wreck about six years ago that messed up my shoulders, but couldn't I'm learning. Swim. I'm learning new stuff. You had a car wreck? Oh, yeah. Are you Bray yeah. Wyatt? Were you uh, driving carelessly? No. An old guy didn't turn on his blinkers and kind of slammed on his brakes a little too fast. And Shit. And you ended up in the ocean? I ended up in the ocean. I know. I know one thing. I ended up staying the hell away from the ocean because I couldn't swim for a long time. I had shoulder problems, but I was on. And you know, I open water is not something I'm keen on. I don't like the idea of what's under there. I, I don't know what's under. So there. I'm with you to a degree. You eat. You know. So, yeah. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm on my snap Snapchat map that shows you stories from the surrounding area that uh-huh. people have added. Uh-huh. About, oh, 100 feet from where I was swimming, both a stingray and a baby shark were caught. So I'm, I'm good on the ocean for a while. So I am one of those, uh, what's the word? Uh, I guess sometimes, Apple. what's the word? Nothing. No, some, sometimes I guess I'm a little bit too brave slash stupid for my own good. Uh-huh. And I went on vacation one time to St. Lucia, and we were we were on the beach where we were told no sharks, no stingrays, no nothing. And a stingray came into the beach where I was probably waist deep in water. And you know they bury themselves in the sand? Yeah. And they wait for you to come along, and then they do the thing, right? And I saw the tail sticking out, and I told a few people there's a stingray right there. And they were like all rushing for the shore because they were thinking of uh, Crocodile Hunter. Yeah. So they're all rushing for the first case. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of them. So I did what any good Canadian boy would do. I went down to pet it. Oh. Yeah, because I wanted to see what would happen if I got down close enough to pet it. And when I was two feet away, it it was gone. It took off. Damn. Because they're docile creatures. Like the one that killed Crocodile Hunter, it didn't mean to do it. It was a defense mechanism. Right? Wow. Well, I'm, I'm not interested in that. However, guys, if you all are interested in seeing Rob McCarron eat a hat, last night's podcast is the place to go. So we have to talk about P-Gate because this we there, do. Are, there are layers to the story. So many. And I think Lindsay and Melissa showed me some stuff this morning that I wasn't aware of, and I don't even know if I want to talk about all of it. So, oh, so, boy. So just so, so people know, first and foremost, and I want to mention this to you on the air, Sean, next time that there's a, a, a copyright claim on, an, on a video, when you re-edit, instead of putting up 
censored on the thing. You should put up the explanation of why it was censored because people complained about why can't I see it. So what happened was I, I, I found I found a video of a girl drinking her dog's pee, and I included it in Stupid People. And what do you think? Within an hour, Sean? Oh, yeah, immediately after within the what? show ended. Instantly. Inst- was it instantly? Right when the video went up as a video instead of a stream. Instantly. So instantly it was banned and Vice, which is a, an entertainment entity and content uh, creator, they claimed copyright infringement or copyright uh, claim and they banned the video. And me being me told Melissa dispute it because it's bullshit. Then I think it was either Melissa or Lindsay the next morning said, hey, guess what? Not only did Vice put a copyright claim no, on... No, no, that's not even what happened next. No? We found the woman's Facebook who said... Oh, stop copywriting my videos. I want them out there. Nobody right. owns it. That's but, what I meant. But was that okay. the same day? Was that the same that, day? That was, that was later day. that day. That was the same day? Yeah, I found but, a Facebook post calling out. But okay, she's in okay. jail right now. Oh, there's more layers, Sean. We, we're oh, not yeah. even there yet. We're not there oh, yet. Yeah. So, uh, so you guys were asking me this morning because this girl is a little bit nutty. So, so <laughs> Melissa and Lindsay and Sean were asking me this morning, where the hell did you find this video of this girl drinking her dog's pee? And I told them that I do uh, Google searches for stupid people news and find stuff. And then you do your due uh. diligence. You got to make sure it's legitimate. And then that's when I put it up. And that's, where, that's how I found it. So it turns out this girl allegedly, because I haven't seen anything, allegedly put up videos uh, having sex with a dog? Allegedly. No, t- talking about how you should, why you should have sex with your dog. Oh, okay. No, she allegedly also has videos of her doings. Allegedly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. Allegedly. So she allegedly had, okay. And then, uh, so that was that. And then uh, I think on the weekend, I get a text from Sean saying Barstool Sports has now claimed a copyright on this. And this is after the girl had posted on her own Facebook that Vice was earning money on her own video because they were monetizing her own video and, and uh, claiming a copyright claim. Then I think this morning, Melissa said, hey, I went in to check the, uh, the latest. And yeah, Barstool Sports now has a copyright claim. And if that's not enough, then we found out that the girl, and do you have the screenshot? Yep. The girl is in jail. Uh, her real name is what? Uh, Catherine something or other. Lin Lu? No, Lin Lu was Lin-Lu the fake was name. Lin Lu was stage name. And then... No, okay. she has another stage name. Yes, oh, I saw video. that too. I saw that too. So she's uh, she's on the porn sites under Whitney something. And then she got arrested for lewd behavior because I guess she was doing sex acts with her boyfriend in public. And what's she getting? Was it a year in prison? Uh, it's been a year. I think she was arrested around May last year. What? That was from a year ago? Yep. And is she still in prison now? Uh, no, she can't be because she did the dog pee video. No, that that was fairly recent. This all oh, came. Oh, that, that this, video was old too. It must be the person who's uploading all these are probably uploading old content. But that yeah, but that's not her uploading stuff. That's like somebody that took over her account, right? Yeah. 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 I think I think that all this unfolded within the past couple of months. It feels May like it. and June. Yeah. Yeah. So I even I, I tweeted about the barstool thing, and I have a buddy at Barstool Sports, Robbie Fox. He does a lot of awesome work there. Interviews a lot of wrestlers. He was like. Dude, we never do this. What's going on? So I sent him the screenshot, and he was like, "Man, that is so weird. We like that's not generally something we do." So I think that was probably automated as well. And I mean, you know, I am a staunch anti P video guy. <laughs> so a- am I that broken hearted about it? No. I mean, you but loved it last week. You were a big fan. The original video is now up, and we still do have it. It it's available uncensored on youtube.com slash fightful also we were 
fortunately, fortunately for this whole situation, we were streaming live on Periscope then, and uh, I was able to pull the feed from there. And otherwise, I don't know if I would have been able to save the show and get it back up in a timely. So fashion. we won the dispute. Yeah, I mean, I it think went back that's up. What happened? It, we won, and yeah. then because it wasn't copyright stricken anymore, it automatically was by someone else. Right. It's very bizarre. And they banned it again. Uh, Barstool. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's not banned now. It's forced monetized. So any money we make on that goes straight to Barstool. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm disputing this one too. Are you kidding? Yeah. You know what? Fuck all you people. Because that's that's nonsense. I we're I, we have, we're gonna hit up YouTube and get it straightened out because that's utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. But ama- you know what's amazing off of this, Sean? I strictly found that news story for stupid people because I knew I was gonna get a reaction out of you. I had no idea we were gonna get banned by Vice and banned by Barstool Sports and the girls going to jail for dog sex and whatever the hell is going on and the porn thing under Whitney, whatever. It's it's a uh, boy. What a what a situation. And apparently Ooh, she's got a, and she's got a bunch of like fit, like people that are pretending to be her too. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. What a July Fourth is about to be the Rockets' red glare, not about the Red Rockets. <laughs> so my God, are we uh, on Periscope as well again? Mm-hmm. Okay, so nothing broke last week. No, I streamed Holy Smokes on there this week. I tried to stream Raw, ran into an issue, but it, it'll be sorted out next week. I will broadcast the post-Raw podcast on Periscope next week. I'll do that every so often. Uh, it's just a way to get us out to a new audience, have some new people check us out. But, yeah, if you're watching on Periscope, thank you. We're going to be adding more content up uh, all the time. But if you want all of our podcasts, youtube.com slash Fightful or uh, FightfulPods.com still works, yeah? And how's the new Wirecast? Because it's new now, right? Uh, yeah, I have nothing to say about that. So is that yeah. a Melissa question? I'm still rocking the old wire. So is, is that why we had the hiccup? Because is, is it completely different than the old Wirecast? No, I'm using old Wirecast. Oh, you're that using the old Wirecast. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Because Nigel told me this morning that we have the new one. I was going to get it for you too, Sean, if it's better, as long as you're nice. <laughs> okay, well. So I guess we'll get to wrestling news since this is a wrestling podcast and we've been on the air for 15 minutes. It used to be. (laughs) (laughs) I want to start out by talking about uh, Matt Capitelli. Yeah. We had talked about him before when news came out that he uh, he was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. He was given uh, five years to live at the time. Uh, Last Friday, he passed at the age of 38. Uh, I've I've read a few things from different people, uh, John Morrison, uh, Mike Bucci, uh, Taz... Different people that knew him during Tough Enough, and, and I know Morrison and, and him were best buddies, and I think they were co-winners of Tough Enough that year. They've all posted stuff about him, and it's very reminiscent of Owen Hart in that no one has anything but good things to say about Matt Capitelli. I, I read one thing by a journalist, and I'm sorry, I forget the journalist's name, but he said that he was covering Tough Enough or something, and he, he saw Matt Capitelli, and Matt Capitelli recognized him for his writing. Uh, and he said that Matt Capitelli was almost treating him like he was a fanboy of his, and and he and he's always remembered that. So, uh, unfortunate what happened. I guess the positive. There's no way to put a positive spin on these things, but I guess if there's any yeah. positive, it's that uh, he's done, done dealing with the pain. His wife is done dealing with it. But uh, sad situation. Thirty eight, man. That's far too young. Yeah, it's very sad. And he was. A real popular guy in this Kentucky area era. I mean, area. He did a lot of work with OVW, uh, even kind of like throughout his WWE run. But even after that, mm-hmm. so he's he's known by a lot of the same people that I know that I talk to, and they just speak so highly of him. 
I remember him winning Tough Enough, and it was one of the first times I thought they got it right, even though, you know, I liked Maven and I liked Nidia just fine. Capitelli and John Hennigan were the two people that should have won that. The amount of stuff he was able to do later in life with such a big part of his brain missing mm-hmm. was nothing short of a miracle. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's impressive. I remember seeing him, and I th- I'm pretty sure I saw Morrison, too, on episodes of Velocity. So they worked that sometimes real early, and his career only lasted a couple years. I think it lasted from January 03 to December 05 was his in-ring career. Right. And and you remember, sure. you remember the Hardcore Holly thing? Oh, of course, yeah. And didn't you talk to Hardcore Holly at the time about that? Me? Yeah, didn't you? Because you guys used, the, to, used to chat back then. I don't mean... No, not at the time that happened. I mean, you, oh. when you talked to Hardcore Holly, you mentioned this or you, you asked about this. Yeah, I think I mentioned it to him in a discussion that I had with him or an interview or something. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> he said, you know, it was basically blown up in his estimation and they, they didn't really have any issues after that from my estimation right. or my understanding rather. Right. Right. But, uh, I mean, they, they were, you look back and it's kind of funny to see some of the guys that Capitelli was able to work with that became big stars or at least had all this potential. And he was one of those guys. He was among the, the, uh, Mark Jindrax, the Sean O'Hare's, the John Hennigan's, these young guys back then in O two O three who looked like they were going to, explode and be something and be the new class and mm-hmm. even though a couple of those guys had experience before but he's a great loss and uh, it's a shame what happened to him it is it is and uh, uh moving on i want to give a shout out next to ricky the dragon steamboat he uh just underwent successful uh hip replacement surgery i saw a picture of him from his hospital bed giving the thumbs up and i've told the story before but i once interviewed him for four hours over two yeah. days because he was so cool the first day, and we had such a good conversation that when I told him that I had uh, more stuff, he said, call me back tomorrow, same time, and we'll continue, and we did. And he was just such a nice guy and such an accommodating guy. So glad to see he's doing well, and he still looks really good. I bet you he could still work if he wanted. Yeah, I don't think so. You don't think so? Hell no, I don't think so. I don't know. He's still in decent shape. I'm not saying he's going to be doing a skin in the cat. I'm not saying that. No, I, I definitely don't think he could. He's 65. I'm pretty sure he had a stroke. Um, Did, well, I remember he had an aneurysm, right? But, or an uh, aneurysm. There you go. But he's fully recovered, no? I mean, goddamn. At 65, do you ever recover from an aneurysm? I suppose. <laughs> Jesus, I suppose. to the point where you can go in the ring. I think he still looks pretty good. I've seen videos of him doing speeches and stuff, and he seems like the old sure. Ricky Steamboat. Like, I don't notice any uh, any ill effects. Yeah, I wish his son could have kept wrestling. It's unfortunate. What was what it again? Was it, was it the neck with his son? Back injury. Back injury? I mean, his, his son's still just 30. Right. Yeah. That's wild to think. Well, moving on, I have major news for Sean Ross Sapp. Okay. This is major news, and this is something that you, I know you're excited, Sean. I know uh, you are. Oh I know. When's Enzo's album dropping? I know you've been, I know you've been staying up nights about this one. So, Stephanie McMahon did an interview with a European marketing-based news website called TheDrum.com. And Stephanie McMahon told TheDrum.com that the Facebook Watch experiment over Sean's favorite show called Mixed Match Challenge, not to be confused with Mixed Match Madness, Mixed Match Challenge did so well that they are in conversations, and she said, quote, to see where we go from here. That means, Sean, that there could be a sequel to Mixed Match Challenge 
on Facebook Watch on Tuesday nights potentially again. I know you're stoked. I know you want to cover it. You might go live on occasion. What do you think? I'm more offended that the drum.com gets an interview with Stephanie McMahon. They they don't get much more traffic than us. And they have they have like a whole staff too, like a like a like a big staff. I think many offices too. Yeah. So <laughs> sure, why not? Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, okay, let's talk about Daniel Bryan. Let's talk about you keeping the mic in front of your face because every time you do this, I can't hear you. Okay, it doesn't normally do that, so there's a problem. There's no, got to be a problem. It's, it's just where the mic is. If it's no, down a little bit. I always have it here, and whenever, normally, whenever I turn and stuff, the, the audio doesn't change. Yeah, but you don't usually duck underneath your desk. Okay, I'm not like performing oral sex on myself. All I did was look down at my piece of paper. Why, why do you have to take it there? Why because do I don't know what the hell you were doing, Lanny Poffo. I'm not sure what you had going on. But hey, I, I wasn't. That's... So there's, there's clearly, a, there's got to be a problem with the mic. There's got to be. There's not a problem with the mic. I can hear you just fine when you talk into it. But I don't normally have to be like this in order for it to work, Sean. You should. Norm- normally it works okay if I'm looking at my papers or if I'm doing whatever. I don't normally have to do this. That mic in your face, Jimmy. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently, yeah. So let's talk about Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Let's do it. So uh, I am convinced. Are you ready to rock? <laughs> that reminds me of this is such a such an out of the way story. You know Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo? No, I don't. <laughs> you know <laughs> that one. You know you know Rick Derringer, right? Uh-huh. And I saw a video yesterday about how Rick Derringer didn't actually perform the version of Real American that is famous. Uh-huh. Another singer performed that song, Ooh. and it was one of these things I saw where it was like little known facts. Well, little known fact is Rick Derringer did not sing that song on the WWF album. It was some other guy, and on the story they had a link to Rick Derringer's one and only hit called "Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo," and he started the song pretty much like what you just did. Oh wow! Yeah, pretty much. So, so you went and watched it. I feel it. I watched like the first minute of it because it was from like '73. Something yeah. like that. So I feel like I feel like I need to do this now because if I look down, the audio is not going to work right. That's what you used to do. I didn't. I didn't. Did. I always kept it on my desk. You used to get the list like in there. I would do it when I wanted people to see the back like that, but that would be it. So I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna have to go like this. Is so awkward. So Daniel Bryan. So much better now. Daniel Bryan for the first time, Sean. I believe that there is a chance that he's going to leave WWE. And not re-sign with the company. Uh, and I'm going to go one step further. I believe that they brought Kane back to appease Daniel Bryan because they have a sense that he might not re-sign. And they knew that before he retired that his favorite time in the business in WWE was teaming with Kane. And so I believe they brought Kane back to appease him. Uh, and I believe this based on the interview that he did. He did an interview back in May for the Gorilla Position podcast, uh, which is a European-based podcast. He did it while he was on WWE's European tour. It only kind of made the news now because uh, they posted it on YouTube on June 29th. And I got two clips out of this interview that I want to play. So long as they'll play, Melissa, cross my fingers. They will. <laughs> because, uh, because I think they're very telling. So the first thing is he talked about his current schedule. Uh, at the time that this interview was done, they had just finished the Greatest Royal Rumble. Now he was on the European tour. He said that in a 31-day span, he was home three days, or he was going to be home three days. 
he said that uh, he was away from home too much, missed his family, loves being home. Uh, he's working more than he expected, and he doesn't want to be on the road this much. Melissa, play that clip, the first one. So I've been talking to WWE about maybe doing a, a lighter schedule because when we when we first started talking about this, it wasn't like when um, I sent the th- when Vince told me to send the letter to Doctor Maroon, he said for me to say for a limited schedule, like protocol uh, okay. re- revised concussion protocol for a limited schedule. Yeah. So they clear me, and then I'm just on everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, how limited is this? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, like when people had asked me before, what's your ideal schedule? And I like anywhere between 50 and 100 matches a year to me is like because even um, one of the doctors that cleared me at Barrow's Neurological, um, Dr. Javier Cardenas, when he talked to me, he said, like, I think when he had cleared me before in 2015, but he said with all the stuff that I've done on top of that, like I thought before we dotted our I's and crossed our T's. With the stuff that you've done on your own, you've really like scratched a big hole over the eye and really marked marked through the <laughs> T, you know. And so, uh, but he said, but just so you know, going forward, the the less exposure you have, and this is for anybody, whether you have a history of it or not, yeah, the the healthier you're going to be. So, like, I, I was thinking, like, oh, I'll do you know seventy five to one hundred matches a year, whatever it is, and and now it looks to be. To be way more than that. So yeah. if I were to change something, it would be like I, I'd kind of like to do do less, be away from home. Like for me, it's not wrestling less. It's more like I don't want to be away from home this much. And there are back. there are a lot of different things that will go into this. Brian's on total divas and total bellas. That's two extra paychecks, by the way. I was actually going to say that. I was going to say that. I think it, if he renews, it's because of his wife. I think because of those other projects. Well, he doesn't have to technically be in WWE to be on those. Although if he would were they put to him sign on? with a Ring of Honor or somebody, yeah. they they would probably take issue with that. Right. There's a lot of money that, to leave on the table there. That's six figures each. He's getting off those shows. That's a lot of money. It is, but at the Just, same time, if he now my gut tells me that ultimately WWE would probably work with him on a schedule. Uh, and again, because the Bellas are a moneymaker too, I think they'll work on his schedule. But if they if they tell him, look, we need you kind of thing, or if you know he finds that they're they're making promises, but now he's being booked for a lot of stuff, I can see that I can see him taking an issue with that and maybe deciding I want to do what Cody does, I want to do what Omega does, and make my own schedule. One other thing I want to bring up, uh, and this was very telling too. He was asked by Gorilla Position about the possibility of doing a program with The Miz heading into WrestleMania 35 next year. Oh, yeah. And Daniel Bryan basically shit all over WWE Creative with his answer. Um, let's go ahead and play that other clip. WrestleMania 35. Surely there is a main event here that could happen, you and The Miz. And and keeping in mind, this story dates back all the way to the original NXT. Mm-hmm. You were The Miz's rookie, hilariously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there is such an incredible, potentially the greatest story WWE has ever told over a long period of time. Imagine that video package going into a main event match at WrestleMania. Is that something you're up for? Uh, I am definitely up for it. My question, I, you asked me that question. I will answer it with a question. Oh, Do okay. you trust WWE with telling that story from now until WrestleMania 35? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what in the last That's several years question. has has shown to you that something like that is possible here 
and it for for it to be a, a okay i will i will reply to that that question my answer is the last time they did that successfully over uh-huh. a long period of time was you in the build up to WrestleMania 30. Uh, right. So if you're involved, you're the key ingredient here. <laughs> yeah. Surely. If if something accidentally happens and uh, yeah, if they've got no control yeah, yeah, over yeah, it, yeah, then, if they've yeah, got yeah, no do control well. over it, it's possible that it can happen. And we're back. Isn't that something, Sean? What do you think of that? So let me break this down. <laughs> this is this is also layered. Funny that the interviewer, all due respect to him because I like Gorilla Position, said the last time they told a story like that was you leading into WrestleMania. They didn't mean to. And I think they, Daniel Bryan said that. He said it was accidental. Dan, yes, Daniel Bryan said in his book in which he was very transparent, they didn't mean to tell that story. That wasn't some big long con that they, they pulled off. That wasn't what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. They They weren't telling that story. They were getting heat on other people and trying to build other people. And the fans were like, no, Rejecting, not this yeah. time. Yeah. Not this time. Not this time. So we, we talk about the Daniel Bryan and the schedule thing. You know, for everybody that and, – and you pointed out Kenny Omega that say, oh, my gosh, how can he keep going wrestling that style? How can he do that? This year, Kenny Omega wrestling that style with the type of draw he is, he's had 21 matches. Now, that is before the G1, which is going to ramp that up. When did Daniel Bryan come back, Jimmy? I don't recall. It's been uh, WrestleMania was his first match. WrestleMania was his first match. He's had 34 matches since then. And that was what April? Yeah, the be- the beginning of April was April 10th. Mm-hmm. So in the last oh, three months, three less than three months, he's wrestled. Oh gosh, Ten I don't months. know. Almost, almost twice as many matches as Kenny Omega has all year long. And that would be a. On that pace, he's looking at 120 to 130 a year. And yeah. he said he wanted 50 to 100 max. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I heard that interview. And uh, and you and I in the past, before he, uh, when, when he hadn't yet unretired, we would kind of speculate. And I always thought it was a sure thing he was going to resign. And maybe it sure. still is. Maybe it still is. But I, I always thought it was a sure thing because, oh, is he, the money he makes and his wife and she's got total bellas and all this other stuff. Uh now I think it's less of a sure thing. And again, it could just be posturing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's in a situation where he doesn't – I don't think he's afraid of getting fired. That's why he'll shit on creative because he doesn't care if he gets fired because he knows he's got other opportunity. But again, I think Kane came back to appease him. I think that whoever who it is, whether Vince Man or Triple H or whoever, looked at it and said, look, we're trying to get pen to paper with this guy. He loves Glenn Jacobs. Let's t- team him back up with Glenn Jacobs. And I, he I, should – he should shit on creative. And I'll give you an example from today. Finn Balor tweeted Baron Corbin because Baron Corbin said, oh, it took you 10 years to get to WWE. And Finn Balor tweeted the following, quote, it didn't take 10 years to get to WWE. I was forging my own path on a 16-year journey, learning from the best. You said you made one phone call. I didn't make any. They called me, end quote. On Raw? What did the writers have for them? You're short. You work at TGI Friday. Yeah, there should be. Which they did with Cass and Brian already. Exactly. Yeah. Creative should be criticized. I get so. I'm. Man, let's be honest. Let's say that you were constantly criticizing in public interviews, you know, my business, my, my decision making. After a while, I'd probably tell you to shove it up your ass. But WWE's not going to do that with Daniel Bryan. They want to re-sign Daniel Bryan, right? 
And yeah. and again, he knows he can make a living. He know he's seen it with other guys. He knows he can do oh, it. Yeah. And he knows he'll be in demand. Oh, and imagine he is a way bigger draw on a global scale than any of them have yes, been. Yes, I agree. I agree for sure. I I don't know. When's the last time we saw a guy even approaching his stature do yeah. something like that? Like if maybe if Batista were out there taking indie dates, but he that wouldn't. ain't happening. No, the internet wrestling fans, and I know that you know you don't like calling them internet wrestling fans, but I think Daniel Bryan is is much more their style. Batista would be maybe go see him once as an attraction, that'd be it. Daniel well, I meant Bryan, from a global exposure scale. I mean, the yeah, guy was maybe. on top for for like five or six years, yeah. wrestled, headlined WrestleMania and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know of anybody. I mean. Rob Van Dam was a popular guy, but by the time he was, he's, he's not doing prominent indie dates. He's not working yep. PWG. He's not yep. working New Japan or Ring of Honor. You know what, Punk? When Punk first left at the Royal Rumble, he would have been, yeah, the biggest. And now I think because of the UFC, he took a hit. But he, I think he would have been the biggest at that time. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think he'd still be pretty damn big. I think he would be a huge one. But yeah, I don't think it's it's set that Daniel Bryan is going to be. Resigning, and that's why. Also, I think that they're putting him in a feud with Kane too, because they can wrap that up if he decides not to resign. But mm-hmm. if I were them, it's just man, it's so frustrating, create like creatively, to see the holding pattern horseshit that happens so often in WWE. Okay, they want this person to be champion. It's very obvious they're setting up for this person to be champion, and until then, we'll have really generic horseshit stuff. Somebody says Batista is nothing now. Boy, is that wrong. Oh, he's a, <laughs> he's a big star. And you know what? I think that Batista, and forget about Guardians of the Galaxy and all that, I think that Batista has become a bigger star because of uh, just doing interviews saying, I want to come back, <laughs> and I offered them this, and I offered them that, and they're not answering me. And then they said, hey, do you want to do WrestleMania and team with Ronda Rousey? Okay, awesome, sounds cool. Then I don't hear anything, and then I'm watching Ronda. Hey, Kurt Angle's going to team with her. And nobody said shit. I think that all of that has made him a big baby face with wrestling. I, yeah, and I don't think it hurts when CM Punk went on that podcast and said Dave Batista knew that that wasn't the right role for him at the Royal Rumble, and right. Daniel Bryan said in the book Dave Batista knew that wasn't the right role for him yep. in WWE. All that stuff helps. I mean, you don't hear of a lot of people in that last run who disliked Dave Batista. He True. came in very level-headed, was easy to do business with, uh, worked that, that— Unless your management— Unless your management, yeah. That WrestleMania but, press conference, <laughs> I could see Vince McMahon watching that going, you piece of shit. Justified. I, Justified, yes. though. And I do agree with that. I agree with that, for sure. And you know what? As much as we shit on JBL, and I, I feel like sometimes we're rehashing stuff, but as much as we shit on JBL, at least JBL had the balls at the Hall of Fame when they gave him the speech for Ron Simmons. Mm-hmm. At least he had the balls to tear it up and throw it in the guy's face and say, don't fucking tell me what to say in yeah. a speech about my best friend. You know? Speaking of speaking of justified, I think I was justified in this question that I asked Jay White last week during the NBA draft. New Japan scheduled me during the damn draft to talk to Jay White. Here's a look. Creative it's NBA draft night here in America. If you could draft one person from the New Japan roster to Chaos, who would it be? And if you could trade away one member of Chaos, who would it be? <laughs> Uh, okay, let me see who we want to draft in. Uh, I might go with uh, is it Ibushi or Zach. Let's go with Zach Saber. Zach Saber Junior in. 
and uh, out. Oh, yeah. Ah, Ghetto can go out. He doesn't do anything yet. Getting heat with the Booker. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> is there is there any uh, line of thinking of, of why you prefer Zach Saber to Ibushi? Uh, Zach thinks a bit more of his, he's a bit more level headed, whereas Ibushi uh, seems to be a bit more uh, emotionally motivated, and uh, I think that could probably uh, have a lot of uh, quite a lot of impact on his. Uh, his making stuff and, and matches and things going forward. Have an article on that up at fightfulwrestling.com. Click that exclusives tab. Lots of stuff over there. Peep it out. Also, guys, if you all haven't checked out Fightful Select lately, uh, myself and Jimmy Van did commentary on a match from his archives with Nova, Derek Wilde, and Eric Young. Also heavy on the ECW, speaking of Nova, myself and Mr. Warren Hayes did a retro review podcast of ECW Hardcore Heaven 95. That show sucked ass. It was bad. Also, uh, as opposed to waiting and posting the Fightful Wrestling Weekly all at once, early access, I'm posting some of the news from that just kind of as I go and as I add it. So that's up for subscribers as well. Good times. UFC rankings update. This Fightful Select Weekender. Lots of good stuff there. Okay, I'm not going to turn this into an MMA podcast. Oh. But I'm going to ask Cormier Miocic who you got. Oh, man. Oh, it's I a think that good matchup. Miocic is a way more dangerous striker, but man, Cormier's wrestling. When I, I was breaking down video for this and trying to think who would have the advantage there, I think I think Cormier's going to be able to take down Miocic if, if they end up in a grappling exchange. But. I agree. I agree. And I also think I'm picking Cormier. I yeah. also think Cormier can take a better shot because, Fair. and, and I understand he was fighting a light heavyweight. I get it, but I've seen Miocic uh, get staggered by a bunch of guys. Stefan Struve. Right. And who Corm- doesn't like hitting people in the face. Cormier one time, John Jones. Otherwise, yeah. has he ever been staggered in a fight? I don't think ever. I'm super excited for that show. I'm going to be, be a doing it. I'm going to do a New Japan G1 special podcast, and then right after that ends, I'm going to start the UFC 226 post-show podcast, two title fights, a, another big heavyweight fight with Nganu and Derek Lewis as well. Is that on so, Saturday? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're both going head-to-head. They're that's both a going, good fight. Yeah. That's a good fight. That's going to be, be a, that's a fun card. So I mentioned to you I've been waking up at like way earlier than usual, and I try to keep my my schedule to where I wake up around a little bit before you all get in the office and get to work, and I'm up way earlier this week, and I've been trying to like set my hours to where I go to bed much later because of these two shows. Because you got New Japan and UFC on a UFC night, you're lucky if you get all the stuff in before 4 a.m., sometimes 5 a.m., maybe 6 a.m. if Corey Graves hits you up, and you got to do an exclusive on that. So I thought you were getting up early because you're frying up your breakfast pancakes with, OMG, with uh, OMG.com or whatever. You know, you know I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Bray Wyatt. My question for you, I guess, before we get into the meat of it, was he speeding? Have you heard? I don't know, and he doesn't know, or at least that's what he claims. People that I spoke to said that he was having trouble remembering what happened. But also I was told he was very lucky he didn't break his neck or his back. Sure. But the term that I was given was traumatic head injury. Now that could mean a lot of different things. That could mean he has a a concussion. Mm -hmm. Just that's it. It doesn't mean like he's got a brain hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. But that was the term I was given. And the person that I talked to 100% knows. Like it's not a speculation type of thing. 
they know for sure. Also, he was traveling alone. Uh, it seemed more people were worried about if JoJo was with him as because she wasn't on Raw. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't on Raw, but yeah, you know, she was. She wasn't there. She wasn't involved. So it was a three-car crash in Tampa last Friday. Uh, apparently, the car was totaled. Yeah, uh, but he was released from hospital and he's recovering at home. So he must be in decent shape if he's uh, released from the hospital. And TMZ reported that he was cited for careless driving due to his failure to operate his vehicle in a careful and prudent manner. That's why I wondered if he was speeding. Yeah, because they don't typically cite people for accidents right? or situations like that. So he must have caused it. Yeah, and he was what it way, would seem like. He was on his way to the airport to start the weekend house show loop, so I figured maybe he was going to be late for his plane and was speeding. I mean, that sounds logical. Could you have know? happened. I don't know the situation surrounding that, but... Right, right. They're still well, advertising him for Extreme Rules. No way. Yeah. There's no chance that's going to happen. They're still advertising him and Nakamura, who got bitten by a goddamn dog. Now, they said two weeks, and it happened a week ago, right? So he'll, he'll be good. He'll be ready Might to go. Be. You never know. Yeah, you should. Let's talk about uh, the uh, ongoing business savvy of 73-year-old Vince McMahon. Uh, I can't remember if you showed me this story or if, or if I showed you this story, but uh, the man might be clinically insane. He might be. Yeah. Like they might want to get some testing done because uh, th- this is beyond. So ESPN did a story on June 29, and they said that according to, quote, informed insiders, McMahon expects to spend close to $500 million on the XFL over the league's first three seasons. Five hundred. Million dollars, and you know the the one quote that pissed me off about this story, Sean. What you remember, Jeff Jarrett, when he was with Impact, and what did I used to always tell you? It's easy to spend money when it's not your own. Yes. What pissed me off about this story was the quote from Oliver Luck. Uh, So Oliver Luck is the newly appointed CEO and commissioner of the XFL, and he told ESPN, and this is his quote: "People were focused on the hundred million dollars, but the truth is that doesn't even get us to the twenty yard line." Easy to say that when you're not cutting the check. You know what so I mean? did they did they come out and explicitly say five hundred million because of the the twenty <laughs> twenty yards to a hundred <laughs> yards thing that's, or that's that actually assumption? that's actually a good way to good way to think of it. Yeah, uh, all they said was I guess they did the math based on the average salary per player, how many players there's going to be, coaches, insurance premiums for injuries. Uh, now I did see some people on Twitter were bitching about. How dare Mr. Man pay for insurance when wrestlers don't get insurance? But the ESPN story specifically said insurance for injuries and WWE pays for injuries. Yeah. So that yeah. needs to be made clear. The ESPN story did not say medical benefits. It said insurance for injuries. There are a lot of independent contractors who prefer the way that they work because of tax purposes. Yeah. So, I mean, it really depends on who you're going to talk to about that, but... Five hundred million, if legit, that's just flat out ignorant. That's it's, stupid. It's so again. If you go back and look at the first XFL, and we've talked about this before, the first XFL lost seventy million dollars. Was only around for the one season, but lost seventy million by comparison. And WWE share of that was half, thirty-five million. This time around, that expected. Now, who knows if they're going to last three seasons? Maybe they'll be one and done again. But if they last three seasons, he's, ear- he's earmarked $500 million. And what makes this essentially 
even crazier, and we've talked about it before, is the AAF, which is uh, Ebersol's league that's starting a year earlier. Not only, as we've talked about, do they have a one-year head start, and not only do they have a broadcast deal, but what I didn't know until I read the ESPN story is that they've already announced the cities for their teams. Uh, And I can read them off. Atlanta, Orlando, and Orlando is an interesting one. Birmingham, Memphis, San Antonio, Salt Lake, San Diego, and Phoenix. That means that those are eight markets that is probably not going to be available to the XFL because it's doubtful that they could sustain two uh, minor league football teams, essentially. They're so far behind the eight ball on this, Sean. And, And to earmark $500 million, I don't give a shit what kind of contracts you're getting with, with rights, and I don't care how much Vincent Mann is going to be getting in dividends and whatever else. That's that's lunacy. Yeah, and Orlando hurts because that was one of their top markets in the XFL. I think it was their third best. Birmingham, a little puzzling because that was their second worst. Mm-hmm. If I remember, I think only Chicago did less. Uh, what were the other, uh, the other cities? Atlanta, uh, Memphis, San Antonio, Salt Lake, San Diego, and Phoenix. So they also had Memphis. Memphis was a poor performing one in the XFL. Uh, Salt Lake, San Antonio, they, they weren't a part of. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But, but man, uh, I just, I honestly, I think the, I think the other league, the the other league is a bad idea. I, even with all that, I think it's still stupid idea, a dumb idea. It's gonna be hard, but at least again, at least they have a broadcast deal. Jacksonville hasn't announced shit. Yeah, when I heard about that, I was like, okay, Vince McMahon still has time to pull out. He still has time to just say, you know what? My buddy's getting into this. I'll let him do it. Or invest in his yeah. and say the XFL will live on through this. It's easy because people will forgive you for saying, you know what? That's that's a pretty dumbass business decision. Let me not go in as much and I'll, I'll be a part of somebody else's dumbass business decision instead of shouldering the load. Oh, so bad. So you know the speculation is that, you know that, uh, what's what's Eversol's kid's name again? I forget. Um, but the one that did the XFL documentary. Charlie. Charlie? So yeah, the, the so. speculation is that Vince McMahon knew that Charlie Eversol was planning this after that documentary was done. And yeah. so he was well aware of it in advance. And speculation is that he did his press conference because he wanted to get the news out first, even though he already knew that they were going to be out there. If that were the case, he, he should have started his league the same year. I, I just don't think he was ready. I think that the AFF or AAF was just so far ahead of them. Uh, and uh, and I think, again, it's I think it's pride and ego. Pride and ego you, is getting in the way. 
Do you think the AAF is still around by the time the XFL debuts? Yes. I do too. Yes. Yeah. And, and if it were switched, I don't know that the XFL, if, if the AAF were debuting in two years as opposed to the XFL, I don't know if the XFL would still be around. So Yeah. It's, not only that, they're splitting talent. Yeah. Oh, and that's They're not going to be splitting talent. AAF is going to be cherry picking. And, well, and maybe. I mean, the, there's also the CFL they got to deal with, right? Yeah, and the CFL is going to be a step above both of them. Yeah. But, and so that's another issue. But uh, basically, whatever top talent is available, AAF's going to sign them all. Uh, and then you're going to have uh, Vince McMahon. He's, he's basically going to ask Baron Corbin, you feel like putting the pads back on again? Because it's going to be a tough, tough one, man, for him. What a suitable segue to stupid people. Awesome. <laughs> Sean hit it this week. This is a stupid song It just goes on and on You might find some meaning But you would be wrong Okay, we got some good ones this week So once again, thanks to TrevorStrong.org For the usage of the stupid song And when this is done, go to FightfulSelect.com Where we will have stupid people extended With three more of these wonderful, wonderful stories, Sean Now, fortunately for you Nobody's drinking dog piss this week Oh. <laughs> So, oh, if you want me to find one, I can, man. What's the point? <laughs> well, we got some good ones. This first one was reported by CTV News Edmonton on June 29th. Uh, and Melissa's got a video, and I'll ask you to put it up in a second. So a 28-year-old man and a 29-year-old woman, Sean. And you want to talk about not thinking about the benefit versus the risk in this situation. Uh, they tried to buy a soda from a convenience store in Grove, Alberta, using a stolen credit card. So they tried to use a stolen credit card to buy one can of soda. Mm. The uh, store owner knew parched. something was, wasn't up. Yeah, I guess they were parched. One can. They're going to split it between them, I Little guess. Little they know, they could have just drank dog piss and got rid of their acne all at the same and time. And vitamin A and whatever else she said, vitamin E. So yeah. the store owner suspected something, called police... Uh, and then the, cer- the scene after that turned into something out of the Naked Gun franchise. Melissa's got the video. She's going to put it up. And you I'm gonna, can talk at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I'm going to talk over it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And this is all surveillance footage from the store that we're putting up, and CTV News released it. The man wrestled with police, got tasered. The woman ran into the back of the store, climbed up into the vents because she wanted to escape through the ceiling, was shimmying her way you know, through the store, through the ceiling, fell through the ceiling, hit a display on the way down, got back up, the cop was there, then she finally gave up and hit the floor. (laughs) They were charged with multiple counts, including using a stolen credit card, resisting arrest, assaulting a police officer, attempting to disarm a police officer, resisting arrest from someone... (laughs) 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 Oh, I almost blacked out. I laughed so hard. (laughs) I guess she oh. saw the moment that she fell. Oh, that's so gnarly. <laughs> Jesus. She, she didn't sell it either. No, no. Fail videos of the women who are like dancing in the street and like a car runs into them and they get up and they start dancing again. <laughs> that's her. Only she's a criminal. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she did not sell it at all. She was She popped right back up for sure. No psychology in this robbery at all. No psychology. No. And she took a hell of a bump shot. <laughs> Damn. And all this because they wanted to steal one can of soda from a convenience store. Probably like a buck and a quarter at a convenience store. 
was worth it to me. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> Probably worth it to CTV How News, too. How do you too. not buy that video if you're a soda company? And right. be like, this is what they'll do. This is how bad they wanted it. This, yeah. this is how bad they want squirt soda. Yeah, 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 Revitalized yeah. brand. Yeah, yeah. I knew you would like that one. This next one isn't as uh, hilarious, but it's still stupid. It was reported by the Daily Mail and the AFP on July 2nd. Have you ever seen the movie Geostorm with Gerard Butler? Uh, probably, but... Melissa, I have you ever seen the movie Geostorm? No? Gerard Butler movie. So I saw it uh, with my wife on uh, on demand a while back. So Geostorm is a movie where there's a system that can manipulate the weather. Oh, okay. It's like in space. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because there is an Iranian general. His name is Golam Reza Jalali. He's the head of Iran's civil defense organization. And he released a statement. And he is accusing Israel of stealing their clouds in order to manipulate the weather and cause drought. <laughs> What's... This is an official government thing. What's the thing. fellow's name? Yeah, I know. I'm mispronouncing it. Uh, now, I was going to say Gollum because that's how it's spelled. He's trying to protect his preciouses. <laughs> that's what he's trying to do. I was going to say Gollum, but then I thought, okay, that can't be right. So I went with Gollum. Hmm. It could be Gollum, Reza Jalali. And I have a quote, and this is an official statement that he issued. And this is a quote from that statement. Israel and another country in the region have joint teams which work to ensure clouds entering Iranian skies are unable to release rain. On top of that, we're facing the issue of cloud and snow theft. <laughs> now, I know that cloud He really said that. This is real. I know that, I know that cloud seeding is a thing. See, it's they... stupid, right? Melissa's laughing. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? This is, this is a government official. Sure. <sighs> yeah. Wow. I mean, cloud seeding is a thing, right, that does what weather modification but i don't know how yeah, you but i don't it. think israel is preventing their clouds from raining <laughs> yeah i don't either you know and this and we're talking about iran how was their snow theft that's a good point this well they one. don't have any so obviously somebody's stealing it i guess somebody must be yeah <laughs> this last one srs file time bud they're never hard to find every <laughs> single week uh, anybody that's new to this show, the SRS file contains uh, either uh, male genitalia, lately I've been adding female genitalia, or poop. And that's the SRS file. And this one is reported by WNCN CBS 17 out of Raleigh, North Carolina on July 2nd. Uh, you a Seinfeld fan, Sean? Yeah, it's one of maybe two network sitcoms I've ever enjoyed. Melissa, are you a Seinfeld fan? Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. So are you guys familiar with the episode about Poppy and the pizza pie? Yeah, where uh, Elaine kept failing a drug test because of poppy seeds, yeah? No. Uh, no. Oh. This is the one More where poppy, poppy content. This is, no, this is the one where the guy's name is Poppy. Oh, okay. And he's, the, he's the restaurant owner, and he's the father of the girlfriend of Jerry's that wants to make them his special pizza pie at the restaurant. Oh. And didn't wash his hands in the bathroom. Remember oh, okay. that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jerry refuses to eat the pizza because he saw the guy go in the stall, come out, and then leave and not wash his hands, mm. right? So Understandable. Keep that in mind with this story. There was a neighborhood celebration last weekend in a community in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it saw at least 35 people get sick, 18 of which were hospitalized. One child ended up in ICU, and what they determined was that these people got sick after eating infected food that had been exposed to shit as part of a potluck. Oh. At least, I told you, at least one child ended up in ICU. Health officials believe that the person preparing the food didn't wash their hands after going to the bathroom. 
and it led to exposure of an infection. And it's kind of funny that this word starts with, with SHI. It led to exposure of an infection called Shigella that you get uh, through direct contact with stool bacteria. Now, I mean, I know I've got a Jimmy Van-esque cough that I deal with during uh-huh. my podcast, but man, I won't even grab a shopping cart at Walmart without using one of the Purell wipes. <clears throat> you gotta protect yourself. So I Even will tell at the you this. potluck. I'll tell you this, I have never been into buffets, and my wife will tell you, if we're anywhere and there's a buffet, I'm, not, I'm staying clear of the buffet because sure. you see people are idiots and sneezing and coughing and putting stuff back, whatever. Can you imagine if you just think, oh, this is nice, let's go to our little neighborhood thing, <laughs> and we're going to meet some people and have a little bit of fun, and oh, guess what, I, I ate shit and I'm in the hospital now. So I always hear, like, there's always the joke, oh, that strip club has a buffet, and I always think, what? How many times has that come up in your life, Sean? Several, actually. Really? Several, yeah. How many I strip club some... buffets have you dined at? <laughs> well, I have zero, but I actually have several friends who have worked at these establishments. And now, I've got to be honest with you, Sean. I have partaken in, uh, in you know, male places like that on occasion, meaning four males, not male staff. <laughs> four males. My, my, my question yeah, I'm is... I'm glad, glad you clarified. I, I decided I better. My question I mean, is, not that I don't... there's anything wrong with No, that. there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that. My wife, my wife might be curious, but no. I've never seen a buffet at those places. I haven't either. I've never personally witnessed one. Huh. So it's more of a people... tasting menu. Say that again? Ooh, it's more of a tasting menu. Oh, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> Did oh, you Sean hear that? I'm so disappointed. <laughs> you know something? That's why she's on my team, Sean. That's why. Because she gets the humor here. Doesn't get you know, offended. I speak so highly of the people that work there. <laughs> That's why she's here. Because hey, oh, don't get Lindsay started. Lindsay will take it on a whole other level. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. Oh man, Melissa. Like I, I, I can't even remember where I was going with it. But Melissa, I liked it. It was good. I liked it. It was funny. I mean, next segment. <laughs> okay, back back to wrestling. And this next one, uh, my commentary on this one might offend some people, Sean. And it might piss some people off. Uh, but I think a lot of people are going to agree with me on this one, too. I want to talk about Linda Hogan. Oh, speaking of, somebody says, come to San Antonio. Hit the strip clubs on Medical Drive. Something tells me I'll have to go drive to a medical facility if I hit up any strip clubs in San Antonio, Texas, the worst city in America. I'll put okay. an asterisk up there. Yeah, you better. Besides Portsmouth, Ohio. Portsmouth, Ohio? Yeah, it's it's a trash fire of a town. What's your connection? Let me, let me tell you a little story about Portsmouth, Ohio. Well, it's shit, first off. I once Did they wrestled... do a lot of community potlucks up there? Oh, I would imagine. I would imagine. No, they just shit and throw it at each other there. I did a... God, there so they're probably... monkeys is what you're saying? Yeah, there were probably... Actual no, monkeys. No, I don't use that term. There were probably 45 people at this show I wrestled at. And when I wrestle, I wear a mouth guard. I don't want to get my teeth knocked out, stuff uh, like that's that. That's because you're a Kurt Angle mark. No, <laughs> because I have common sense. The person I was wrestling took the mouth guard out and threw it in the crowd. Okay, so you were done with that mouth guard. So, so the referee says, do you want me to get the mouth guard out? And everybody could hear him. And I said, no, nobody here has teeth anyway. Uh... I met the people after the show. They really didn't. They really didn't. Did they want it like to give it back or get it autographed or something? Or I don't know where that mouth guard is now, but um, 
I don't know. It, it was one of those mouth guards that had teeth painted on it. So yes. somebody has some teeth in that town now. Uh-huh. They're not real. Mm-hmm. But Portsmouth, Ohio, you can go to hell. Wow. The, the opinions expressed by Sean Ross Sab do not necessarily reflect oh, those okay, of myself you go to or Ohio, Melissa. You go to Portsmouth, Ohio, and you tell me, hey, Pat Fannin, who works for us, he's, he's well-learned about the Portsmouth, Ohio area. He knows it sucks. Kyler James is from San Antonio. He knows it sucks. Has he said that? Has Kyler said that? Of course. Really? Of course. The opinions expressed by, the, by Sean Ross Sab does not necessarily reflect those. <laughs> Of myself or Melissa or anybody involved with the Fightful.com. So Best let's talk job about, you can have in Portsmouth, Ohio is a defense attorney. Let's talk about Linda Hogan. <laughs> let's do it. So this one came up, and uh, this one's interesting. So the Daily Mail reports that Linda Hogan has filed legal documents in Tampa. She did it last Friday, demanding revenue from seven companies owned by Hulk Hogan because in their divorce proceedings in 2009, she was awarded 70% of their liquid assets at the time, which was valued at about $3 million. Plus, she was given, and I just can't believe that, that this is legal and that Hulk Hogan would get hosed to this degree. She was given an ongoing 40% share of his revenue, like on an ongoing basis, meaning that he was fucking just hosed in that agreement, Sean, because that's, that's insulting to me. I had this conversation at lunch with people. I said, I understand alimony. He was the, the, the money maker during the marriage. He took care of the kids. She deserves something. Granted, the children are grown now, so she doesn't need child support, but she deserves something for raising them when he was on the road. Fully understandable. Once you're divorced, you're divorced. And for yes. her to get 40% of his money on an ongoing basis is utter bullshit. I agree. And that's my opinion. Uh, and anybody, any divorcees out there might say, well, you're an asshole. Well, I don't care because that's bullshit. Uh, the reason I want to make this uh, talk about how interesting the story is, Sean, is because uh, I did some research into his lawsuit settlements. Okay. And according to a blog post on the website of Patrick T. Sheehan & Associates, which is a legal firm, they posted this blog in November of 2016, the $31 million that he got in the Gawker settlement uh, likely has to be reported as taxable income, meaning that she will get her 40% cut of the Gawker settlement, which is horseshit. Now, the interesting thing, I guess, the positive for him is I also looked up the Laser Spine Institute settlement. And according to the IRS, that settlement, because it uh, has to do with personal physical injury, it is non-taxable and not included in income which means that in theory, Linda Hogan cannot take a piece of the Laser Spine Institute settlement, but she can, she can take 40% of the Gawker settlement. That is just absolute trash. The Laser Settlement, as first reported by Fightful.com. There you go. Yeah. Uh, absolute trash. Man, that sucks. It's nonsense. It's very antiquated, and it was... The world's changed, man. America's changed. She and can make a damn living. They had a reality yeah. TV show, right? And and let's be honest, man. When they got divorced and his liquid assets were valued at $3 million, given all the time that he had spent on the road and, and all the stuff he had done, he didn't have a lot left, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now she wants 40%. And granted, you know, he got millions in the... I was reading some stuff about what he actually got out of the Gawker thing because he had to pay legal fees and all that. And yeah. they estimated that he actually got around $10 million. When all was said and done, yeah. But she would still get four million of that ten for doing nothing, 
for nothing. I mean, he like, would have been off. wrestling across Australia and all that stuff if he was doing well financially. Remember the Hulkamania yes. tour? Yes. And he, he was able to make some money here and there. Impact, I, I you know he got quite a bit from them, at least for what he did. I know he makes and, a lot with those signings and like the, the WrestleCons and stuff like that. He does very well with that. And it's, oh, all yeah. cash, it's all cash money, which Linda Hogan probably doesn't appreciate. Yeah, but, it's uh, just, man, that's Absolute just so... trash. Mm. Yeah, utter nonsense. So I, I said, hate it. I said to uh, to my buddy at lunchtime, I said, let's say that you and your wife got divorced, because, you know, he loves his wife. Let's say you and your wife got divorced. You agreed to give her alimony of X amount of dollars, and then she came to you and said, I want 40% of everything you make moving forward. He's like, yeah, no. That should never be a thing. No. Except for very rare special circumstances. No former spouse should get an amount of money that somebody gets moving forward unless there's, like, a child involved. Yeah. Something something of that nature. Imagine if an athlete got married young, mm-hmm. and then they get divorced, and then he becomes a big star and signs, like, a multi-million dollar, say, 10-year contract, and that ex-wife from when he was young gets a piece of that? Fuck that. Uh-uh. Yeah. I would keep that in the legal system for... If I was Hulk Hogan, I would keep that in the legal system for so long... Yeah. Just so that she gives up on it because that's... I mean, story. yeah, you would probably pay less in attorney fees than you would to her. Absolutely. Well, so long as you win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think given some of his connections, he's probably able to win. He could probably hit his old buddy up and yeah. say, hey, uh, I got I got rid of Gawker for you. My case got rid of Gawker for you. How about you get rid of this situation with me? <laughs> I don't mean like a hit man. I was going to say, so long as she doesn't <laughs> end up with cement shoes at the bottom of a river. No, you don't yeah. want... Don't need any of that. Don't but. need that. All right, let's move on. I want to congratulate Elias. This was posted on his Instagram yesterday, July 3rd. Melissa's got the screenshot of his uh, post on Instagram. Uh, This is what he wrote. Fender knows what the rest of the world knows. Officially sponsored, official guitar brand of Elias. So, as far as I know, he's the first human being to ever sign a sponsorship deal with a guitar brand without ever actually releasing any music. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Has that ever happened? That'd be I'm like nothing. me. That'd be like know. me getting like a Nike basketball deal, Sean. I wish I would. It's pretty cool too. Nike or Adidas deal. We need to get a sponsor for stupid news for the stupid uh, people segment. We should Just, look into that. We should do that. I'm Just I saying. Should look into that. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is awesome for him. It's fantastic, and it, it's unprecedented for wrestling. I think. And I'm curious if this was a WWE brokered thing. If WWE is the one being paid for it, I suspect they're involved. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, now this leads me to this point, Sean. Now Fender is interested in Elias. You and I put him over all the time because he's awesome. Do you think it is now finally time, and maybe now WWE will finally realize they got to stop putting the brakes on a babyface push, run full bore with Elias, and while they're at it, Sean, if you're going to have a sidekick singing songs, if you're going to have a shirt that says Rusev Day, if you're going to have a microphone that says Rusev Day, if you're going to have the guy out there getting to be more like himself and cutting jokes and stuff, don't you think it's time to have him stop being a heel and assaulting the babyface, Sean? Yeah, unless he gets a roadie, and then I just want that to happen so we can lead to an inevitable backstage segment where he comes face-to-face with Jeff Jarrett and the road dog, and it's really awkward. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be kind of funny for like a, an old school Raw show or something. I got to admit, Sean, if they did a thing where Rusev said, next week I'm going to reveal my new song, and then he was lip syncing, but they made it obvious it was eight in English, <laughs> I would pop for that, Sean. That would be great. I would absolutely pop for that. So we were talking. I, I, like, 
I like that. Good for Elias. I mean, Sin Cara's got that Reebok deal, too. So there, some of these deals are starting to happen. And, you know, it kind of sucks for a guy like CM Punk, who said this was one of the grievances he had for leaving. He would get deals. They would give them to other people. Yes. And then they would give special treatment to guys like Brock Lesnar. Yep. And it's it's so funny because UFC moved away from this. Oh, we don't want all these brands on our gear and all this stuff. And now people are leaving the company because they're not getting oh, that outside sure. money. Oh, yeah, for sure. So to be fair, we, we aren't seeing Condom Depot on Raw or anything. But That's true. Plus, guy, guys end up on the Dazzin app, which isn't yeah. uh, the greatest exposure. But. but, I mean, to me, if – Jimmy, if you came along and said, hey – Somebody wants to sponsor you, Sean, not necessarily the show, but you will do this. Maybe you can shut the fuck up about a raise for a little while. I'd say, you know what? I'm getting that money from somewhere, right? No, it'd be good. We do a 90-10 split. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Elias is getting more money than he was getting before. He's going to get more exposure now because of this. He's getting that money. And yeah. it's money WWE doesn't have to give him. Oh, they're and getting their piece, too. So oh, it's good for well, them. Yeah. So they're getting their piece, too. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it makes sense for everybody. Same with Reebok. Reebok supplying Sin Cara, of all people, with shoes and money and all this stuff. I think it's nothing but good for all involved, Fender included. Yeah, I agree. Do you think he's going to smash one of those Fender guitars over the head of somebody? <laughs> see, that's that's the thing I wonder, because games like Grand Theft Auto, you don't see Ford, Chevy, mm -hmm. Subaru, people like that. They don't want their cars to be... Featured in that situation, featured for sure. in that situation, Defender yeah. what their guitars smashed over people. Yeah, they want because because they're going to gimmick it. Yes, and Defender want people to think, oh, if you drop the guitar on your floor, it's going to be like powder. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Especially when they literally used to put powder in the guitars for yes, some reason, which was so stupid. Yes, weird. It would leave that trail. Yes, wow. and it was clearly baby powder. It was so obvious. Yeah, but uh, what wasn't so obvious? <laughs> Was that former NXT talent C.J. Parker, now Juice Robinson, would become such a big deal in New Japan. Sean, you're, left, you're gold. You're gold, I Sean. am. I'm really goddamn good at this. <laughs> See, you just threw me off my game. <laughs> C.J. Parker left with... Sean was no like, idea. I just got a compliment. <laughs> yeah. It completely went blank. Yeah, I'm like, oh, but... but, but. <laughs> he left NXT with no heat at all. And managed to make it in New Japan. He's wrestling for the United States title this weekend. Take a listen to my to my discussion with him. Uh, so Matt Bloom came down to um, it was I believe it was just changing from FCW to NXT, and he was at the time uh, I, I believe his name was Sweet T, and he was tagging with Brodus Clay, and he was coming down, and uh, he was kind of transitioning from the end of his in-ring career into a commentator for NXT, so he was around a lot. And we became friends because he was a, a fan of the C.J. Parker character. He thought it was cool. He used to sit around and talk about, you know, just different things about the character. And most, Then it would always, you know, turn to, like, Grateful Dead or, like, <laughs> like weird classic rock stuff. But we became friends before, before anything. And then uh, he knew I was frustrated the whole time, and... He would always try to give me uh, pointers and help me try to stay positive. And then he became a coach. And then, you know, the frustration continued to climb. And I told him, you know, I'm not going to be here very much longer. I can't, I can't stand it. i got to get out of here. And he said, well, if you ever if you ever do leave here, you got to 
let me try to get you a uh, look from New Japan. And I was like, New Japan? There's no way I can work in New Japan. I, I just I just didn't I didn't think that I could. And around that time, I saw Wrestle Kingdom uh, 9. Uh, I was watching Otanahashi and Okada and Nakamura. And then I started to, like, really get into it. I watched the G1, and AJ was a big part of that, Chad. And I would go back, and I watched Kenny Omega and uh, Ibushi from Budokan a few years back. And then, I, I, you know, I was like, oh, wow, it's really not that much different than... It's what I wish WWE was: more wrestling and less talk, less talking and less bullshit, more more telling the story in the ring and uh, just more cla- classic pro wrestling, not so much oh this is sports entertainment. And uh, then I kind of started to get fired up about it, and you know, I just got lucky, and we were we were in um, uh, the, the Bay Area, whatever WrestleMania was that. I think it was 31, and they were inducting. Tatsumi Fujinami to the Hall of Fame, so Tiger Hattori and uh, the president, uh, Sugawashi, were at uh, Access, and they came to say hi to Matt and uh, Matt Bloom, and I just so happened to be going out to wrestle Baron Corbin. I didn't know they were there, but uh, I went out, and I was just joking around, just having fun, because I already told Matt that I was uh, I was done, and this would be my last weekend, so I was just acting like Shawn Michaels because he was doing a uh, signing maybe uh, about a football field away in that big uh, uh, big uh, conference room or whatever it is. Uh, so I was calling myself Mr. WrestleMania Access, you know, tuning up the band and just acting like a complete asshole. And uh, uh, Fergal, or I mean uh, Finn Balor and... Matt Bloom were like, "Oh, Hattori, you gotta, you gotta take this guy to Japan. He's a good dude, man. He loves wrestling." And uh, he's like, "Oh, yeah, wow, he he looks like good worker, man." And then I got to the back, and he introduced me, and then we got the ball rolling. And uh, yeah, a few months later, I was <laughs> walking into the dojo. So it just all happened really quick and really smoothly, actually. We're back. Well, we're back. <laughs> so I want to I want to talk about this Kenny Omega controversy, and I'm going to be honest, Sean. I didn't I didn't really look at this like it was a Kenny Omega controversy. Maybe he didn't do proper due diligence, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Uh, and kudos to him for I guess uh, be, taking responsibility. So last Friday, he, he uh, co-promoted that CEO New Japan show in Daytona Beach. It was streamed live on the CEO Twitch channel. Uh, was there? What? Fightful was there. John Morehouse was there. He's okay. doing a feature write-up on it. All right. Well, he got heat afterwards because the first match, the dark match of the show, featured uh, Chazen Rance, who I guess is a registered sex offender in the state of Florida. He was convicted in 2011 of lewd battery of a victim between the ages of 12 and 15. Uh, and so I guess somehow, like how would that even come to light? Like somebody at the show looked him up or something? Like how did uh It's well known that he is. It's well known, it is. Yeah, and this happens a lot. People that get convicted of weird shit and whether it's meant to happen like this or not, they'll get promoters licenses, they'll run schools, they will basically put themselves in a situation because promoters licenses are often borrowed. Right. Yeah. And and reused and they'll put themselves in a situation where Somebody needs them. And that uh, this situation, what Kenny says is 
he just let the the ring crew essentially book the first match, and that's what happened. But yeah, I was on vacation and just kind of catching the aftermath of all this and all the controversy. With so prior all this. To, prior to that show, you knew who that guy was and you knew about that conviction. Yeah, it's literally all I knew about him. Oh, really? And so mm-hmm. did Omega know that about him prior? Claims that he didn't. Claimed he had only met him in passing, but a picture surfaced of them a few years ago, like doing a traditional like fist up pose, yada yada. So their relationship is really unclear. Yeah. You know, I'm in a situation like that. Kenny Omega doesn't seem like the bullshitting type. Also, no, doesn't I don't seem think like, so. Doesn't seem that way, but it is a messy situation for sure. Well, I, I saw the uh, the statement. I read the statement that uh, Omega released. He apologized. Yeah, like you said, he said he didn't know the guy personally. Said he met him 14 years ago, um, but he took responsibility. He said, "I will personally offer refunds to anyone that was offended." But you know the the lesson here, Sean. Keep your nose clean. You never know when your past will creep up. Don't take videos of yourself drinking dog piss, or in your yeah. case, cat piss, because you never know. Or sex with dogs, whatever the hell else the girl's sitting in, in a jail cell for right now. <laughs> oh, she was she was jailed for making porn in a public place. Some of these videos, she was a minor too, so her boyfriend oh, that helped man. her with these got arrested for child pornography. Oh, he did. He got arrested too. Mm-hmm. What sweethearts. What a so, uh, what do you, do you care about the Sea of Honor tournament? Like, is, does it mean anything? If it's aired, I mean, I'm gonna find out if somebody is going to be there. I'm gonna uh, inquire on Twitter to see if anybody wants to cover it for us because I don't know if it will be live. I don't know yeah. if it'll be broadcast. I don't know the logistics of something like that. Yeah. But <clears throat> do you want to go on a cruise, Sean? You want me to send you on the cruise? When is the thing? October. Sometimes. I mean, we just had a conversation about how horrified I am of open water. Well, I mean, you'd be on, you'd, you're you'd, sending him to, to Niagara Falls, putting him on a cruise. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. First well, off, hold on, hold on, Melissa. Maybe you should do your fucking job. <laughs> I was uh, kind of on your side there for half a second. Yeah, and the way he leaned into the camera and then gave like that soap opera look. I thought you were complaining. No, Melissa. she wasn't. She was joking. She sure, was joking. I think she wants to go on the cruise. Send Melissa to cover the Sea of Honor tournament. <laughs> that might actually be entertaining. That would be hilarious. It might be entertaining. That was like how I wanted Anna Bauer to like half sarcastically cover UFC in Australia without really knowing a lot about it. That'd be entertaining too, actually. Melissa covering the Sea of Honor tournament would be great. You know what would be awesome is if she did, and if she's like standing next to Chris Jericho with a microphone on camera <laughs> asking him, do you know when Chris Jericho is getting here? <laughs> That would be awesome. That would be well, worth I mean, the whole thing. You never know. How tall is your, your boyfriend, Melissa? 6'5". He might get booked. <laughs> you never know. He might get booked. I saw the photo of Sting's son that you posted on uh, social media. Boy. He's a football player? Yeah, he actually played for University of Kentucky. So a lot of times when Impact would do, or TNA at the time, would do live events in Lexington, Sting would make those dates because he would be in town to see his son anyway. So he would be like, all right, go ahead, use this as one of my dates, why not? So what's he doing He's now? Big... I don't know, okay. but that seems like a natural thing for him. Not like he probably ever would need to work again if his dad so chose for him not to. I guess, but you but... want to make your own living. Yes. Right? Uh, he looks just yeah. like Steve Borden, I think. Yeah, like he does. Like a young Steve Borden. Did you ever see the thing on, on TNA where Mr. Kennedy, Mr. Anderson, dressed up as Surfer Sting? Yes. 
That was great. And then there, Mr. Kennedy or Anderson, whatever the hell you want to call him, revealed Sting painted his face for him and everything. That's cool. He was a dead ringer for Sting yeah, there. Yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah. that stuff. And Sting's another guy that you never hear anything but good things about. He's another yeah, one of those well, guys. At least, you know? uh, later, later days, because there, there were, you know, he wasn't in the best shape during his crow run and stuff, but yeah, he didn't yeah. need to be. Yeah. No, didn't wrestle for a year, and he was as over as he ever was. So yeah. For him. So back to the uh, Sea of Honor. Uh, they're, they're doing a 60-man tournament. They uh, announced the brackets uh, recently. I'm not going to name them all. You guys can look for them. Uh, one thing I think is interesting is that Jericho announced via social media that not only is there going to be a Ring of Honor presence, there's going to be an Impact presence as well. Uh, and so far, he's announced Sammy Callahan and uh, Brian Cage are going to be a part of the whole thing. So that's kind of interesting. But again, Which to me, essentially it's means essentially means there's also a Lucha Underground and ML, MLW presence because... Uh, Callahan works for MLW and Lucha Underground. Right, but uh, to me, you know, whenever there's these announcements about, oh, a multi-promotion show, uh, to me it's just an independent show. That's sure. kind of how I look at it. And Rey Mysterio, I think, is, is announced too, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, essentially they're going to have wrestlers from New Japan, Ring of Honor, MLW, WWE, if you want to say it, you know. Is Jericho, w- now has Jericho See, that- committed to wrestling? That was the catalyst to all this, was that Trish Jericho wanted NXT talent on yeah, there. Yeah. They flew him all the way in, told yeah. him no, and he was like, okay. And I, you know, I've not spoken to him, but the people that I talked to in WWE thought that that was also part of the reason why he was like, you know, maybe I make some New Japan dates. Yeah, yeah. It's and possible. I believe it. After how long he said that he was loyal to WWE, and they were like, no, we can't have you do this. Sorry, you can't. You can't. You can't have some NXT people. Yep, I understand that. And, 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 you know, at the same time, looking at it from Jericho's perspective, when he got the chance to wrestle at the Tokyo Dome against a guy that clearly idolized him, yeah. I, I understand him wanting to do the match, too. And then he probably did the match, and then he probably liked the freedom he had, and, you know, the style is his kind of style. He probably did that first match and thought, I'm kind of digging this. I can be a different guy out here. Yeah, and you the know? Sea of Honor tournament looks pretty good. Lethal, Christopher Daniels, Skrull, Silas Young, Jay Briscoe. Adam Page, Kazarian, Mark Briscoe. There's some good names, good names in, in there. there. Yeah. Yep, yep, some really sure. good names. What do you think of the fact that at Extreme Rules, after having two long matches on Raw in back-to-back weeks, uh, I think at least one of them went 20 minutes plus, they're going to do an Iron Man match between Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, but it's going to be a 30-minute Iron Man match. What do you think of that when they've already done two like 20-minute matches on television? <sighs> If you're doing the extra hour, I mean, you could go an hour, but you're also you also have two brands. Samoa Joe ain't isn't even on SmackDown these days. Yeah, that's a double-edged sword in my opinion. Sometimes that's good; it gives people some time to heal up, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but I'd like to see it get creative. Like I'd love to see Drew McIntyre. I'd I'd like to see like instead of one fall. Because it's 30 minutes. I'd love to see Drew and Dolph do something that sacrifices a fall immediately to gain them two. Right. Like they go in, they beat the living shit out of Seth right. Rollins. Hit him with a chair or something. And Dolph Ziggler gets two quick pins off mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. maybe even three, and you got to dig yourself out of a hole. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see some rapid fire stuff here. Really take advantage of the fact that these guys can work fast paced mm-hmm. and that they have all these tools. I'm excited about it, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Unfortunately, so often in situations like these, WWE doesn't pay it off in a, in a manner in which rewards that uh, cautious optimism. 
And not that I want to nitpick, but again, when you had, say, a 20-minute match where there was one fall, and now all of a sudden you're going to have a 30-minute match where there's probably going to be multiple falls, for me it's hard to, I guess, accept that, unless they do what you just said. If they do something where Drew McIntyre goes in there, blatantly gets Dolph disqualified, because they know if I lay him out, then Dolph can get a couple quick pins on him. That I would fully uh, accept, and that'd be a great story to tell. But if they just do a 30-minute match with multiple falls after they did one on TV, it's, it's just hard for me to kind of get into it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm with you, man. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, a couple more things here. So I did not know, I don't know if you knew this, that Jim Ross was still doing recruitment for WWE. I didn't. I didn't know this. So there's a guy that I, I'm not a big football guy, so you may know who this is, Doran Dickerson. You know who that nope. is? Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the name I knew, I came to know him in the past. He's a fightful. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So Doran Dickerson is a former NFL player. Uh, last week, uh, WWE had tryouts at the Performance Center in Orlando. I know there's a lot of news because Chelsea Green was part of it and Robbie E. was part of it. Doran Dickerson was part of it too. And he did an interview with the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, and he said that he was called by Jim Ross uh, personally inviting him to the tryout. I thought that was very interesting because I didn't know he does anything with talent relations or, or, uh, or recruitment at all. So I thought that was maybe because he's the football guy. WWE thought maybe if Jim Ross calls him, it'll, it'll get him there. Yeah, I mean, that's a good guy to have in your corner. For sure, yeah. But uh, those tryouts, I heard that both Chelsea and Robbie E. did really well. Uh, Robbie used his Robert Strauss gimmick, which is actually pretty good in House of Hardcore. It's, he's playing a social media influencer that changes lives. I've seen that, yes. And and I like that because he knew he had to adapt. The Jersey yeah. Shore thing wasn't going to work. Yep. So they, it just wasn't going to work. So he adapted, did that, and he's got a lot of people pulling for him. Obviously, Chelsea Green has a lot of people pulling for her. Uh, she was on Tough Enough with Mandy, Sonya. He's good for he's good friends with EC3. He's good. He worked with half the roster at this point because of Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's worked with Eric Young and AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and all these people. So right. not a star-studded tryout by any estimation, but or by any stretch of the imagination, but. A decent one, and also her girl Deanna Perrazzo, former Fightful Pro Series contributor, had to pull out of All In. She's moved to Orlando. She's starting with WWE soon. Good for her. Good for her. Hope it works out for her. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, people who work for Fightful in some degree go on to great things. Matt Riddle? Matt Riddle is making six figures a year. Not because of Fightful. Yeah, just because of fight. Because of fight. <laughs> Rob McCarron was offered the job at Flow Slam, and he said, piss off. Yeah. <laughs> no more. Look what I happened to remember. Jeff Hawkins. He got a, a major raise at his day yeah, job. Yeah, because of Fightful, yeah. Jason Kincaid, he's being sent all over the country. He got to work for uh, WWE WrestleMania weekend. Because of Fightful. Because of Fightful. <laughs> Hurricane was at Royal Rumble because of Fightful. And Ring of Honor and Era Lucha. Because of Fightful. <laughs> it's all because of Fightful. Elias Theodoru, top 15 UFC fighter. Because of Fightful. Because of Fightful. <laughs> because yeah. of Fightful. Hashtag because of Fightful. Don't bring up your account. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Because of Fightful. Hashtag because, because of Fightful. Because of Fightful. <laughs> so I don't know who, I can't remember who posted this on social media. I think it was Dave Meltzer. Somebody said to him, where would Matt Riddle be if not for the marijuana? I think it was Dave Meltzer that responded and said he would either be main eventing in NXT or he'd be the top two or three foreigner in New Japan. I'll take it a step further. Based on the conversations I've had with with Matt Riddle and with companies and with people and everything like that, 
I think had he not called WWE and said, "Hey, I know you pulled my contract offer. I know you you don't you're you're saying thanks, but no thanks." He he asked for their blessing to work for Ring of Honor, and they said, "No, we'd rather you work for WWN." Mm-hmm. Had he just not done that or said, "Well, tough shit," I think not only would he have worked for New Japan by now because. Ring of Honor would have signed him. There's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. Ring of Honor would have signed him. WWE would have also signed him. He'd yeah. be in WWE right now and would have already worked Ring of Honor and New Japan because that's what WWE loves to do. They they want what isn't theirs. Yeah. Not 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 for any particular reason, but they want what isn't theirs. And I've been told by people that uh, few have dominated a WWE tryout the way that Matt Riddle did. I mean, like top one percentile yep. of people. I mean, he's, did a, he's an elite Matt level Riddle. athlete. Elite level athlete. He was asking for more during yeah. the tryout. Yeah, yeah, he is. And uh, I mean, we've talked about it before. He's got the look of, the, of a star. He's got the charisma of a star. It's not the greatest talker, but if you if you know how to utilize that and how to minimize that, too bad he's got his vices, man. Because can you imagine worked, him in NXT? Worked for RVD, man. He, RVD had that like kind of stoner charisma type yeah, of thing. Yeah. But I think I think that Matt Riddle is able to approach it a little bit better because everybody that sees him knows that he can kick the shit out of every single person in the room. Yeah, yeah. And he said that. He, I mean, he's... I mean, if you see the, the video I had, uh, I think as a gift to Matt last year, IQ wrestler put together for yeah. Matt Riddle, and there's that promo at the end where he said, people are going to walk in, they'll say, who the fuck is this? They're going to Google me, and they're going to find out who I am and realize I can beat the shit out of everybody. He knows it's true. I wonder if he ever wears the Sean Ross Sapp face t-shirt. Yeah, I was wondering that the other day, and I was hoping not. <laughs> but oh. if you all want to wear the Sean Ross Sapp shirt or the new Fightful... I gotta White send t-shirt. him the mask. I gotta shit. send him the mask. I can't believe I never thought of this Let till just now. Plug. I'm texting him when we're done here, and I'm going to tell him I got a gift for you, man. Yeah, I'm sure he gets back to you real quick. When it comes to free shit, he does right away. <laughs> and that's that's true. It's funny because he busts my balls about taking forever to text him back, but I'll get an answer like three days later yeah, from him. Yeah. ProWrestlingTees.com. Use the code AMERICA for 20% off. We have the white Fightful Tees, the black Fightful Tees. We still have Fightful Mania. Point at the fucking sign and those stupid-ass shirts with my face on it. <laughs> They're all there. They're out of date, though. My hair is much longer. I could do a new one. We'll do a new one. Mm -hmm. I think maybe we should get rid of some of the old ones. Yeah, maybe anything but the Fightful Mania limited edition every year. We'll see. What do you got going on this week, Jimmy? Uh, So my pool's finally ready to go, so I'm going to use that for the first time this weekend. That's going to be awesome. Other than that, you know, waiting for you to... uh, Oh, you know what? I'm doing a boys' weekend the week before you come. I'm doing a boys' weekend at my cottage. Nice. So that's going to be fun. Interesting. Going to jet ski and not use a gold boat, even though you've always talked about a gold <laughs> boat. Not going to have that. I but. actually have to miss the NXT TakeOver show the weekend before I go to uh, go to Toronto because my wrestling coach is getting married. And uh, I'm planning on having Jeff and Alex do that. I had actually asked about Anna, but she's going to – She's going to be busy because Naito is going to be in town that weekend for, I think, an EPW show or an MCW show. Okay. 
Lots of traveling coming up. Got some color commentary gigs. My God. And I'm stoked about the Cormier-Miocic fight. Oh, I am so I excited. really hope, because like, you know how, how things happen. I hope nobody gets hurt last minute. I hope nobody can't make weight. You know what I mean? Like, I hope there's no yep. bullshit, because that's going to be a fun fight. I'm looking forward to that. Two post shows on Saturday. I really wish there were only one, but, you know, I got to do both of them. Going to do them both, hopefully, in a timely manner. Almost one after the other. Going to try to keep my eyes on that UFC 226 screen. All hands on deck this week at Fightful.com. Check it out. Visit FightfulSelect.com. A lot of uh, early news, exclusive news, podcasts. I post Raw and SmackDown scripts. As early as I get them, a lot of people say, oh, where is it? Where is it? It depends on when I get the Raw and SmackDown script. But until then, guys, we got Fightful's Stupid People Extended. (laughs) Coming up soon. Push for Melissa to cover the Sea of Honor tournament. No. I'll consider it. Maybe we'll price it out. Maybe we'll price it Why out. Why not, Melissa? Because if Why I not? sent you, I'd have to send your boyfriend because you're on a cruise for a week. So. That is yeah. true. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll price it out. We'll see. Uh, Melissa, <laughs> I'm trying to get you a work vacation. <laughs> With a bunch of wrestlers on a boat. With a bunch oh. of wrestlers on a boat. Yeah. I can do without that part. None of, of which, which, none of which you can probably recognize, except maybe Jericho. One of I, which I, I know what Jericho Fightful. looks like. Maybe, possibly. One of which <laughs> worked for us and got booked on that. Hashtag because of Fightful. Mm-hmm. We're at- save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy eighty percent lean ground beef for three forty nine a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for seventy seven cents each. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.